Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? Welcome to the first ever episode of the Hearthsport podcast. Exciting times ahead. Before we get straight into this episode, I just wanted to give you a quick introduction to our guests. My name is Mohammed, and I am joined by Nadia Power, an 800 meter and 1500 meter Irish international athlete. Nadia most recently won bronze at the under 23 European Athletics Championships and is studying marketing, innovation and technology at DCU, where she was also awarded the Sports Scholar of the Year. We are also joined by Gina Akpe Moses. Gina became the first Irish woman to win a gold medal in an international sprinting competition as she took gold in the 2017 European Junior Championships. Gina, who is an Under Armour athlete, was also part of the historic 4x100m relay team, which took silver in Finland back in 2018. Finally, we are also joined by Perry Ogden of Sport Against Racism Ireland. Perry chairs the board and was a co-founder back in 1997. Without further delay, sit back, relax, and let's get straight into it. You guys, first of all, are very, very welcome. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Um, I just wanted to quickly put this conversation into context for the viewers and yourself before we begin. Obviously, the brutal murder of George Floyd on Memorial Day weekend sparked global outrage. We've seen thousands upon thousands of people take to the streets to protest and show solidarity in support for Black Lives. In Ireland, the events have triggered an important moment where people are sharing their experiences of racism in this country. Obviously, racism still exists in Ireland. It might not be the same type of institutional racism that we see in other countries, but the problem still exists. Sometimes I feel we're happy to point the finger at other countries instead of looking at our own backyard. I think it was only last month where two teenagers were found guilty of sending awful racist abuse to two former footballers on social media. Um, even I'm sure you guys have heard of Malcolm X. Malcolm X once spoke about the fox and the wolf. He said that the, the wolf being your stereotypical openly racist individual, everyone can see it, there's no hiding it. But then you have the sly fox, you know, he shows his teeth. But, you know, Malcolm X said that he's pretending to smile. I say another example would be, I say, if you're sick, you only focus on the symptoms, but not the disease. And you'll always be sick because of that. And I think those metaphors perfectly depict the situation in this country at the moment. You know, racism, with racism, the symptoms are police brutality or feeling, fearing for your life, you know, if you're black or dealing with openly racist people. But in actual fact, the disease is the subconscious bias that I know that we are brought up with. We've been brought up with to, to carry certain thoughts and bias against groups, against races, against religions. And the only way we can eradicate it, eradicate the disease, is to acknowledge that it exists. And I think that's why it's important to have this conversation. And hopefully we can educate the viewers and listeners to encourage them to educate themselves and understand the point of view from the other side. And more importantly, self-reflect, because I know we've all seen on social media, people are putting up, you know, these black squares, but it's and say, okay, my job is done. I'm not racist, but it doesn't work like that. You actually need to make a difference. You actually need to do something. So I think that's where I'm coming at from this conversation. And hopefully it can, it can make some sort of tangible change and people might understand things from a different perspective. I guess then getting straight into it, 
if we can start even with with Nadia, in your in your opinion, does racism still exist in Ireland, and have you personally experienced it? Yeah, no, definitely does exist. Um, I've been pretty horrified, I guess, hearing a lot of stories, mainly through social media, over the last kind of two weeks with other other people coming out who live in Ireland. Um, yeah, and I've kind of realised I've had it a little bit easy. Not that not that I should have to be kind of thinking of that anyway, but um, I definitely haven't experienced as much racial abuse as other young people my age who live in Ireland. Um, and yeah, I've been quite horrified because I think a lot of the time in Ireland we give ourselves a pat on the back and say we're really inclusive and friendly and welcoming. But I think we've seen another side to that and there's still a lot of work to do. I agree. I feel like I'm kind of the same with Nadia as well. Like I left Ireland when I was 15, so I haven't, I grew up like with really friendly people. I did have the odd encounter, but more like microaggressions kind of like, it's not really like people being verbal, but the little things they say they don't realise that it is racist. So I think I experienced that more than anything. But um, yeah, like I would say I've been lucky enough not to go through like some brutal encounters because I know people have had it worse than I have. So, but regardless, it still exists and it should be like eradicated in the best way possible. And then Perry, in terms of with Sari, has there been progress or is it still the same sort of situation that we've been in? Uh, I, it's certainly not gotten any better. And I guess if you go back to when Sari started in 1997, we kind of started as a response to a rise in racist attacks and just general racism. But if you think about it, if you go back, it was only ethnic minorities started coming to Ireland. So it's, you know, I would say it's, it's got worse over the years and um, you know it's, it's for, for me there are many many aspects of this but because it's it's uh, a big big problem but discrimination in Ireland is a big big problem and you know we need to counter all forms of discrimination sexism phobia um, and I think that we're only going to be ta- able to tackle these issues, and especially racism, if if the people at the top embrace this. And in the mid-2000s, uh, there was a national action plan against racism set up, and it kind of collapsed on the financial meltdown that we had in 2008, uh, 2009. And it just kind of, there was a minister for integration, Conor Lennon back then, there was um, a real effort, I would say, to address it and to really promote diversity and integration, which are two other key aspects of this. And, and to, you know, beginning to look at education, which, which I think is the key, but it'd be very interesting to, think, to see what Nadia and Gina think about that and their experience of schools and education in Ireland. Um, you know, and sorry, we run these anti-discrimination football training workshops in schools, primary schools around the country. Uh, And we talk about racism, homophobia and sexism in particular. And um, we try to target schools and communities where there is a high percentage of ethnic minorities. So there's a good mix of kids. We look at the sort of age of 10 upwards because we think that's an age when the kids can really grasp these issues. And we do things like play games, discrimination games, games of handball or football where you can show kids how it feels to be discriminated against and how do you like that um but i I, but i think 
education is a real key to this whole thing because most schools we find don't have the resources themselves to do this. And the other aspect of education is just coming back to the social construct of race. You know, this idea that there are different races and how this came about. You know, there's absolutely no scientific basis for this whatsoever, as, as we all know. And um, I think we need to go to unpick this and go into the schools and teach kids where this came from. You know, it's, it's, it comes from the mid 1600s and it's gone through very various different formulas uh, since then, but it essentially was created to empower white people and white societies and, and initially uh, through slavery in Barbados and, and then in, in, the, in the Americas. Uh, and it developed from, you know, it's, it's a long story, uh, but as we know, there've been many transitions and sort of namings of the different groups. But, you know, at, at Sari, we, we tend to go for, and we had some athletics meets around this one race, human race. Uh, that, that's our take on it. Because we feel like, you know, we're all homo sapiens, we're all in this together, and we need to make the most of it. Racism is, hugely topical at the moment in terms of for Gina and Nadia how how important is it for you to speak up personally and I'm interested to know as high performance athletes were you skeptical of speaking out or you know it's it was important for you to say something <coughs> sorry um I wasn't skeptical I feel like the the mindset behind it being a controversial topic I just don't have that mindset. Do you know, there's there's a lot more things that I feel like are more controversial. Like, I think it being put into like a political category makes no sense because it's not political. It's just basic human rights and like just morals and common, you know, just like just common sense and in, in like in an aspect as well. So I just think um I was not really scared about it. I feel like I understand why people would think you should be scared, but I myself felt like it is a necessity. Like I'm, I'm really happy that it has blown in this way, and is very and it's global, so it's not just like in one part of the world. So like it was a good thing. So I'm glad. Yeah, I agree with Dina. Um, it's not in the political category, and yeah, it it shouldn't be controversial whatsoever. Um, but at the same time, it is something that people don't talk, because they don't feel uncomfortable talking about. So. I guess, I guess to one, one extent, not in the fact that it's controversial, but more in the fact that it's an uncomfortable topic. I, I was slightly um, nervous about it and especially like, obviously it was natural for me to just um, give Gina support when I saw the off the ball interview. But then I remember the next day I was asked to, to speak on RT, uh, RT game on and I was a little bit nervous just because it's, it is, you know, it's, it's not a controversial topic, but it's something that's really, really, really important. And I wanted to say the right thing. But um, I guess I'm finding that it actually is really helpful for, for people like us to speak up. Like, um, and as athletes, we have maybe more of a voice than I would have thought I did anyway. Interesting. And I guess then I'm interested to know, I know you guys have said that you were quite lucky in that you hadn't experienced or you haven't experienced too much of, of racism personally. Take my, for me, for example, when I was growing up, I always, I always felt that the day would come where someone would say something or there'd be an incident. I almost normalized it as in, you know, it's going to happen. It's fine. It's like, it's, it's fine. They're going to say something or something will happen. So when it did happen, it like rolled off my back. 
And I suppose, funny enough, one of my friends mentioned today that I actually am more upset now over things said than I would be. And I'm almost, and I feel like it's almost as if like I've come to the realization as why am I making excuses for people? It's 2020, like this thing shouldn't happen. So maybe in that sense, it doesn't roll off my back as much as it used to. And I'm interested to know how did you guys, when you first experienced an incident, how did you deal with it? And even before that, were you prepared for it? And my first proper encounter was when I was like, I was quite young. I was like, I would say, I was still in primary school, I think. Yeah, I was quite young. It was like a boy in my street that we were we were friends. Like we just used to like play outside together all the time. But then I think we had an argument that day, and he just like he just spewed out the word um N word, and I was like, like my automatic response, I I hit him back, like I hit him, and I was like, you can't say that word. But like when I was younger, I didn't really understand the depth of it. But I, it's like it's like I knew enough to know that you should not use that word on somebody that's black because it's not the right word to use. It's not. It's a very like insensitive word to you so I just hit him and then we didn't talk for like a week but I think after that it's like I think I was a bit more defensive and like I did try to like learn a bit more about it and like I think if it did happen again which hasn't like I would I'd obviously wouldn't react in the same way but I would know how to like calm myself down and just be like you know what this person's ignorant I have no energy to like put into like trying to teach them or just let them you know just leave them as it is and just walk away because like there's so much you can do you know you can you can beat someone up you can fight them you can you can verbally abuse them as well but they'll still do it the next day so it's like don't waste your energy just let it go and yeah and keep moving on and nadia yeah i really agree with what you said Mohammed. like i i have like grown up expecting it just based off seeing other people's like reactions and like that's actually not okay that we should be just expecting that in Ireland because like we shouldn't be tolerating that at all and yeah I'm I think a big thing for me an eye-opener has been like the conversation about like microaggressions um over over the last while and I'm just like tick 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 reading reading them all like everything's happened to me so many times and I'm just kind of like on reflection now a lot of it was when I was a little bit younger like you know so many comments on my hair all the time and like comments on my skin color and like where are you really from so often like I just yeah I'm kind of in hindsight I'm, I am the same as you I'm in more annoyed now because I'm like actually no like that wasn't okay like why why were random adults just asking me like where are you really from like throughout my whole childhood or even like random kids like it's not okay and I think it has been eye-opening to me and I'm kind of like okay I actually let a lot of things go but um not that you want to react really badly to stuff like that because a lot of the times people don't know but at the same time now it's time that people do start knowing that those comments aren't appropriate and then I guess for Perry, in terms of sport, do you think, do you find that actually sport is one of the best ways that we can actually bring people together and erad- like try and eradicate? I know you were saying it's a lot to do with education, but can sport actually bridge that gap? I think sport is really powerful, but it'd be interesting to um, see what Gina and Nadia think about this and their experiences within sport in Ireland. But, but from my point of view, yeah, it's a great opportunity for bringing people together. 
and you know, particularly when we're young, um, I know Gina had that bad experience with a friend of hers, but you almost think that as, as, and you know, maybe that's just something they've heard or seen on TV or something. You almost feel like with kids of a certain age, you know, they haven't made up their minds yet. They're just, they'll engage with you, whoever you are. And, and, and I guess if you're playing football, then it's, you know, great. If you can be on our team, if you're good or, um, it, it feels like it's a great opportunity sport. And, you know, we've seen great things happen and, you know, we know at our soccer fest, we could have like 60 different nationalities playing and, um, you know, embracing each other and celebrating diversity rather than looking at, at looking at perceived differences. And, and to us, that's what's important. Like, do you feel sport is obviously it's great. You're, you're major athletes now, but you know, in, in as teenagers and things, was that kind of useful? Did you feel? Yeah, definitely, 100%. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense to, to work on racism from grassroots in sport, definitely, because, like, it's giving you extra bonding and it's a different way of getting to know people that you might not have gotten to know, you know, if you had maybe inherent biases, you might not have kind of sat beside them in class if, if, if you're younger. But, you know, if you're on a team with them and, and you, you share success together and you have fun together, then I think it's a great way to kind of get rid of those those biases at a really early age and yeah as you said like it definitely does connect people and I think for me and Gina as well um it gives us yeah it helps give us a voice I guess it helps like maybe some people are athletic fans who would have in Ireland who would have kind of had certain opinions or whatever but maybe as they get to know um me and Gina and, and other athletes like us and kind of see our successes maybe that helps them kind of open their eyes a little bit too. Yeah, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant that kids will look up to you. Something to aspire yeah, yeah. to, and that that obviously takes time for for that to come through. But um, you know that that's that's the future. In terms of athletic, would you find that you experience racism as much in athletics, or have you had any experiences? Um, I think when I've been to competitions, I had a lot of you know like eastern european countries and everything and like sometimes it's like the first time seeing a black person and like sometimes they'll just laugh you know they'll just laugh at you and you're thinking what's funny so i think it's just stuff like that and i've definitely experienced that anyway as well people just like i've walk on past and just seeing a group of like you know maybe polish people or like you're from czech republic just laughing and i'm like mm, okay i mean there's nothing funny about my appearance so I think in terms of track and just bringing people together I think yeah like technically we don't bring everyone together but it doesn't it doesn't always change people's mindset that's what I also realized I can be in the same team as somebody I'm black she's white and we can get the job done doesn't mean she's still not going to hate black people the next day so I think I think yes it does bring people together and it, and it does unify people and it's great but um, it does not necessarily change a person's mindset and how they see other races. That's the only issue. Because I can just be like, oh, I don't like white people, or, you know. And then I meet a white person that's lovely, but it doesn't mean that I just mean, I may not, I like that one white person, but it doesn't mean all the white people fit in that same category. So it's like, it is very iffy, that kind of like topic in terms of if it would work. But um, it just depends on the person, I think, so you can't really put everyone in the same boat. So, yeah. Obviously then competing for Ireland 
being a black athlete people will be ignorant enough to say oh they're like why why are black people representing ireland or are they really irish or how do you deal with comments like that there's nothing there's no way you can really deal with it just say i'm irish like that's all you can really say i think i think if you let it get to you then you're kind of letting them win in a sense so you just have to just let it slide because you just don't understand they're just not educated enough because nationality and race like it's not it's not the same thing like like no nationality is defined by one type of look so it's like you can't try to say i don't look irish but what does an irish person look like because even then it's like a stereotypical or, or their standard of an irish person you know so it's like you can't even try to compare about it because there's no point nadia did your mom prepare you for anything that you may be told or people might say things to you that you might want to be aware of growing up yeah um well my dad is from sudan and he's lived in a lot of places around the world so he's definitely experienced a lot of racism and um, throughout his life and obviously like when he came to ireland first in in the early 90s it probably would have been unusual that he was with you know my mom who's who's from from kilkenny so as well she works in international education and so she kind of had to help students who have had issues there as well and um, so yeah you know she's added to me and just even from seeing you know other other irish athletes and competing you know there's trolls <laughs> there's trolls on every article and stuff but yeah it was something she said to me which is which is sad she has to warn me and um, but i guess you just need to think that the majority are always positive and like you know like it's just so much like who cares really i know i know it is it is tough to see but you know when the majority are positive you just need to think about that it's just some some bitter uneducated person who was never you know good enough to represent their country in any sport so i guess i just remind myself that <laughs> and then i i, I mean with sorry how how are you guys sort of bridging that gap then i know you you mentioned that you have these sort of games and things like that but from where we are now how do you think we get to i suppose it's never i i don't think we're ever going to get to a stage where it's fully eradicated but where do we where do we go from here basically how do we take the next step yeah i mean one of the mad things just sort of picking up on what nadia was saying is that you know these people are looking at uh let's say English football matches, obviously not the last couple of months, last few months, but, you know, before that and following their teams in England or wherever it might be. And, you know, ferociously supporting a black player, maybe. And then the next day they're giving somebody some racist abuse, you know, in Ireland. And, and that's what I don't get. Um, it seems idiotic and, you know, I kind of find it pathetic uh but 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 there you go it is around it's it, you know and, and it's going to be difficult i think we all realize that uh this idea of can you change somebody um but i guess sorry is really about creating opportunities to engage with other people creating opportunities uh particularly for people from ethnic minority backgrounds or uh, socially disadvantaged backgrounds to play sport every week um to to go on all sorts of trips around the world as young leaders, as teams, um, you know, just to give people great experiences. We're also running an employability program at the moment. 
supported by FedEx Express. And uh, we have a group of about 30 uh, young guys and girls who are, you know, getting help and in, in getting third level education or getting work in the, in the workplace, getting jobs in the workplace. And, you know, it's all being done through sport. I guess, you know, football, soccer is, is the big one. But we've done quite a bit with athletics over the years, with working with the GAA now. And I think I, I think this this is going to be very interesting now. What's happened the last few, you know, the the brutal killing, uh, you know, in some ways, thank God somebody was there with an iPhone because if they hadn't been there with an iPhone, and it had just been uh, this man George Floyd, a black man, has been killed by police, you know, who knows what the story would have been by the police. You know, maybe maybe the news would have gone away in a few days. But the fact that somebody actually filmed this and we could all see it and, and hear or, or or hear about it in great detail has, you know, something something amazing has come out of his death. And I actually think it, it just feels that there are great possibilities at the moment. And it's like I guess it's trying to make the most of that. Mm-hmm. And not letting it just go away by next month, it's sort of gone and do we have to wait for another one, you know, another terrible incident for to get everybody up again about it? I, I actually think, uh, to echo what you said there, like George Floyd's death is sort of just a reminder. It's, you know, what we've seen isn't new. It's been going on for centuries. I think the main thing now is just everything's just become more recordable, basically. You know, it's nothing, it's nothing new. It's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. I think even if you look at the Black Lives Movement, it actually began under Barack Obama and you know the first I can't breathe was Eric Garner and um, so if you look at these things we think there's we think there's progress but like if you dig deeper it's it's the same thing over and over again yeah it goes Um, round again exactly so until I guess we start looking at the bigger picture and trying to educate and reshape society we'll we'll just be spinning our wheels so I'm actually interested to hear maybe from all three of you to see um Obviously, the conversation has started, which is fantastic, and, and long may it continue. But what, what do you think we need to do, and how do you think that maybe the people of Ireland need to think and need to take action to make a difference, to actually make this a tangible change? Because I, I like to think that Ireland is always at the forefront of, of making change. I know in South Africa, during apartheid, when Nelson Mandela was regarded as a terrorist, Ireland were one of the few to actually support him. So... What do you think we can do in this country to, to, to lead, basically, and make a difference? I would say it first starts at school and changing the, the, the curriculum because I didn't learn anything about Black history. Like, to this day, I'm, I'm still learning. So um, I only learned about, like, white history, about, obviously, Irish history. I learned about the Nazis and about everything else but Black history. And I think it's just stuff like that, like that needs to be like really put into people's heads, like that we are also part of history. Like, why would you single us out and you have everyone else but us? Do you get it? So I think it starts from there and like educating children so they understand and they, and they can. And even though it's horrific, let them know how horrific it is. Let them know, like, because the truth is always going to hurt. So let them actually understand that like people have been through this and whatever you do or say like is it's kind of like adding salt to the wound so I think it is about education from the beginning and then after that it just progresses in a better way. And Nadia any anything to add? 
Yeah, I completely agree with Dina and yeah, his school is important and but I guess just looking back at school like and maybe even just life as as a child, maybe in primary school, like how much diversity were were we seeing kind of like did our school books show show people with different skin colours, like, you know, did our teachers have different skin colours? Mine certainly didn't, you know, were the T V shows we were watching, did they have like children with different skin colours and then just the media I think that's really important as well just like normalizing it because you know that's how the school looks so why why shouldn't you know what the actual Irish classroom now looks like why should not be represented you know in the media and in kind of children's media so I think that would really help and yeah education in school because you know no no child obviously isn't born racist and they're learning it but like I think it's safe to say by secondary school a lot of not a lot, but some some kids have really, really strongly developed it, and it's kind of like, how can you get in there before before that kind of that comes out in them? Uh, well, I totally agree about the education and uh, what Gina was saying about, you know, what about Black history? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what's you know one of the things that I noticed very powerful about the Sari workshops is that you know our coaches are majority are from ethnic minority backgrounds, so you know a black guy. Uh, a, a young woman with a hijab, you know, and some of them are 18, 19, 20. They've been trained up through Sari Young Leaders Program. And when they go into the playground, that, you know, you just feel the effect. It's like, oh, there's someone who's a bit like me. You can see in, in the kids' eyes. That's, that's not something I'm seeing. You know, I, I think we've got a much smaller proportion of teachers from ethnic minorities than we have of pupils in the country. And... So as Nadia is saying, you know, who, who do you look to for some sort of role model that you can have some kind of link with? So I think that's very important. And I think another thing, you, you know, it does ultimately lead to need some kind of serious adult informed leadership, uh, whether that's from government or somewhere. But, you know, we, talk, we mentioned Nelson Mandela. Um, you look at America now, you know, they're, they're great voices, they're great people, very brilliant people in America. Uh, but I don't see a Martin Luther King at the moment. And I guess these people come along once in a, once every 50 years or whatever it is, once every, gen, once every couple of generations. Um, you know, and, and sometimes one person can have an amazing impact, even Obama. And then last thing, uh, I think we all need to work together. I think I think we need to get as many people together who want to see change and who want to see respect uh, for for everyone, and um, not be fragmented. So the different groups some, somehow. I'm not exactly sure how we do it, but get everybody together working on this together. I I definitely agree with you in the sense of the individual leader but I also think that it's important everyone does their bit I'd actually like to touch on this there's this sort of culture that we do have in Ireland that oh it's only a laugh it's only a bit of banter it's just a joke like people need to like I'm only having a laugh basically and it's a lot of this lad culture I wouldn't only say it's only strictly men but it's like that lad culture that we're just having a laugh it's funny I'll throw it into a whatsapp group I'll do this I'll do that and I like I can say I've been guilty of it myself. When you think you're just you're just you 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 think it's funny, but you don't realize the actual effect it has. Like say for myself, 
with say I have a, a lot of white friends and I'd make a joke about maybe brown people or Muslims or whatever and I think I don't I don't realize the actual effect it can have that they might think okay it's actually okay to say this or it's actually okay to have a laugh and they might go on like for me it's fine but they might go on to say it to someone else and that actually is not okay with this whole thing that's going on I've actually reflected on that okay that's actually not okay and those kind of things I think say your 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 parents if they say something if your friends say something you need to speak out and you need to actually say you know what that's not cool you shouldn't be saying that because these small things build up to like i said the disease this is the subconscious bias that we build up which make the overall disease that leads to the symptoms of police brutality or things like that but I'd be interested to see what you guys think of that i completely agree as well with that because i think a lot of people have this whole like light-hearted banter kind of thing but like it's not it's not you can't be light-hearted about something that is a very sensitive topic there's no there's no banter to it like I think people try to like you know make it seem less than it actually is but like it's a big deal and I think as long as like you point stuff out to people let them know okay that's not that's too far like I think they'll understand better because it's allowing them to, to say those things that then like makes them feel like they can just say anything they want to say like well, my, my other black friends that I can say it well I'm not the same person like I mean I don't like it so I don't want you to say it to me because I'm not that black friend so it's kind of like you just have to yeah just stop them before it actually gets far because prevention is better than cure no cure yeah prevention is better than actually getting the disease so yeah so that's just stuff like that yeah I, I agree like thinking back to school especially like there's very little really angry racism like I can remember like lashing out kind of bullying specifically to one person racism in my school but like oh my god the amount of comments the amount of jokes that's that's what it is like that is racism it's it's not anything else it's not banter it's racism and you know it will then manifest into you know ugly acts maybe like of you know abuse or something like that in future in those people possibly so we need to stop it there and I'm kind of looking back at school like wishing I kind of stood up to more things and said more and just didn't stay silent but I, I think you know we're all reflecting now as, as Mohammed said so I think going forward any a lot of people have realized no staying silent isn't enough so we just need to call it out and just you know make whoever says the joke uncomfortable rather than the person who's the brunt of the joke feel uncomfortable yeah um i guess i don't want to keep you guys too long because i know it's probably been a very long day but just to finally if you have any final words maybe for someone who is like you're saying when you were younger you were afraid to speak out well you know i guess our, our feeling is we, there should be zero tolerance for any kind of racism and yeah definitely call, let's call people out um you know maybe give them a chance if they're young but ultimately zero tolerance and i think that um there probably needs to be uh you know Nadi's talking about schools and you know it must have been very difficult however much you wanted to say something because you're in a minority and so what's the outcome of that you know, if you already spoke your mind when you're a young kid or a teenager, what's the outcome of that? So I think there need to be more supports in schools. And I don't think there's been enough training of teachers 
to deal with these situations. Um, so, you know, that, that needs to be improved. But, but I really think as a, as a nation, it should just be zero tolerance. It's, it's, it's the only way forward. You can't, you can't let even young kids who might not really know what they're saying get away with it. Mm. You've got you to gotta just stop it in its tracks. I think if anyone feels uncomfortable or feels like they shouldn't say anything, I think it's a case of you have the right as well. The same way they had the right to say, you had the right to say something back. So don't ever belittle yourself or feel, make yourself feel smaller because you feel like it's a, it's a controversial thing or, you know, they might get hurt because they hurt you. And I think it's good to, you know, express that they hurt you and that what they said was not right. So I think people just should never feel, never feel ashamed about it or never feel silly. Just say it how it is, like, and then at least the truth is coming out now. So whether they get offended by it or not, at least you've said your piece and you don't have any grudges, you know, you're not holding anything against them. So, yeah. And finally, Nadia? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, I would kind of echo that, like, it's for the greater good, you know, it's what you should be doing. It might be uncomfortable, but, you know, do it anyway. And we all kind of know silence isn't cutting it anymore. It, it, it's not enough. So um, it is going to be awkward, but we'll call it out. And actually, you know, I have seen, like... I can't remember who the player was, but I, I, I've seen, I think I've read maybe one or two articles where a referee has just ignored the comments because they felt like if the N-word was used on the pitch in a GA match and a referee has just ignored it. And like that to me is, I'm sure he was just so uncomfortable at the whole thing that he just felt he couldn't address it but like that's ridiculous we can't accept that so I think you know adults need to kind of realize that you know it might be uncomfortable but yeah it is their job to lead kids and, and to see that in school would be and I guess on the pitch as well would, wouldn't really lead the way for kids. There's been too much of that going on over the years of referees not being able to you know stamp authority on a situation and call it out yeah that's crazy it's crazy and, I, and, I was literally and, mind blown reading that yeah and you know it's happened a lot in football in ireland across mm. you know amateur games and professional games and you know that they haven't really been trained properly mm. and then you know they, they don't know how to do it and a lot of them are just sort of ignoring it in case something flares up and you know they're being weak about it Funny enough, you say that, actually. I know this is off topic, but um, a lot of the incidents that I would have experienced would have actually been on the football pitch. And I would agree that a lot of the uh, referees are weak and don't actually want to deal with that kind of thing. Um, like I said earlier, when I was a kid, things like that used to roll off my back because I almost justified it as normal to be called um, things. And the fact that referees did nothing about it almost solidified that. Um, and then I'd, I'd almost be making excuses for people. And now I'm like, why, why did I do that? I shouldn't have accepted it. And it doesn't make sense. Like, why, why, why am I making excuses for these people, basically? Um, anyway, um, here's hoping the fact that you guys and so many others are brave enough to talk about this will encourage people to educate themselves and self-reflect. Um, so thank you guys for speaking out and being brave. Hopefully these conversations can spiral on to destroy the disease that is racism. I mean, I, I, I didn't choose to be brown. You know, so-and-so didn't choose to be white or didn't choose to be black. 
I was born that way. Uh, I, I also have big ears, but they hate me because of that. It's kind of sad, really. Surely it's how you treat people and how you contribute to society is how you should be judged. Um, that said, uh, th thank you guys again very much for your time. Thanks, Thank you. Thank you.